So where were we? Oh, yeah. My show... We'll have a live <laughs> naked New Year's Eve. Let me just tell everybody, if they want to get tickets to my Please, play, I'm sure they're writing down everything we're saying. Right maybe now. they are. I wouldn't even... The funny thing is, I didn't really... I talked about it a little last week. I was have like, you mentioned Dave Penn? Did you get half off at the theater? No. Why? No. I've been trying... I talked to the... Because I didn't really do anything about this until I saw the shows last night. I wasn't ready to commit because I had no no um, connection to it. I but didn't know how it's written. What? You didn't want, if it was as bad, badly produced as it was written, you didn't want to do anything. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I knew the play was all right, but I also knew it had problems in the, the, the last, in the second half of it. So I did some rewriting of it before I sent it off to Richmond when I knew he wanted to do the play, Richmond Shepard, the co-producer, who also owns the theater that it's, that it's playing in. What's the theater called? The Richmond Shepard Theater on 309 East 26th Street between uh, 1st and 2nd Avenue in That Manhattan. sounds like the old Vineyard Theater. It is. It's the old Vineyard space. Richmond has it now. He, he bought it. Um, Jeff, Jeff's winking, saying, I know, I know. I'm just he giving him a plug. He rented it from Charlie. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> and who made that happen? Me. Who do I trust? Who do I trust? Me. That's who. That's uh, anyway. So Richmond's had this theater for you know, a couple your, of years. Your, your arm is extending every time you pat yourself on the back. That's not my arm. So anyway, he's he he has owned this theater for a couple of years. And you're not gay. Finally, he does a play of mine. Finally, and it's the one play that I really kind of didn't want done because it's old. And I saw it done, and it worked to a certain point, and then kind of stopped working. And I was like, well, why couldn't you do this play? Or I have a new play. No, he wanted to do this one. I thought it'd be fun. Turns out he was right. I rewrote the ending, and it works. And I'm saying this as objectively as I can, because I've been in plays that don't work. You know, I've been through productions that put me through hell. So I can say now, and I can invite everybody now and say, please go. It's $15 for the evening. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of, of uh, Richmond to say, maybe if you give... Dave's gone by as a code word. You get like a discount of three dollars, so it's twelve dollars. Yeah, because but I, I can't guarantee that right it's now. It's like three dollars a play. Yeah, right, as it is right now, it's three dollars a play. But right. maybe if so if you say Dave's gone by, you get you, a you get you get your show free. Exactly, which <laughs> so it's exactly what it's worth. Especially if you don't like one of the others, then you can pay for mine. But um, all the information is at my website, Dave's Gone By dot org. D A V is in Victor. Dave's gone by dot org. It has the phone number for tickets. It's got more information about the plays. And David will soon be telling the actress, the attractive actress, you know, it would work better if right here you just go completely naked. Yeah, absolutely. Work better for me. Maybe not in my play. It doesn't really isn't. Well, it actually could work in my play. But there's and a couple the of plays from Hell Can Strip, and he could have instead of a penis, he could have a um, like a pitchfork. Well, he has a cane, so we can turn the cane into the pitchfork. So the waiter... I'm not going to give it away, but the waiter in my play is, is kind of interesting. He's so. from hell. It's not really hell. It's sort of a purgatorial like restaurant. It's hell in Nebraska. Yeah, okay, there you go. There is a hell somewhere, isn't there? I've seen road signs. There is a, a, a city or town in America called hell. And it freezes over quite often, doesn't it? But I'm, I'm, it does. Oh, really? Is it? I've seen the sign frozen. That's funny. Wait, wasn't there a girl you said you would marry that... Oh, well, if you would marry. Like who? Nice people. Who Name some names. Name some names of some nice, desperate women. <laughs> Every single desperate 
If you would like me to marry you, call us. It's 516. Uh, no, no, 631-888-8811. Win a, win a date with a 10% straight man. <laughs> Maybe 20. 20? Or 30. No, let me, let me ask you a question, though. Of the women on Broadway, who do you think is hot? Most Physically, women. well, okay, that's a good, that's actually a fair answer. But, you know, is there any particular one who, who you would be like, not just in an appreciative aesthetic way that a gay man what, would appreciate like a passion? What, sorry? Like who? Foster? I think she's cute. I don't think she's super, super hot, but I think she's very cute. What's, um, is she your Hey, I do from Luca there. Because I like Andrea Martin. I do her. Andrea Martin's great. And Andrea Martin apparently is both ways. So you can have some very interesting, um, you know, interesting weekends. You could, could carouse with your needs, and she could carouse with hers, and then you meet in the middle. I think that's kind of neat. You could, you could go McGreevying. <laughs> and she could go uh, Ellening and Portia del Rossing. Rossing. Really? It could happen. It could. Yeah. All right. So, so Sutton Foster, not a bad choice. Any, anybody else? Anybody else that you would kind of like, hmm, I would, you know, I'm straight enough to do that, to go there. Um, I don't know. If there's, a, if there's an opening, I might fit in. <laughs> Boy, let's take that one literally. Okay. Why don't you name names? Hmm, let me think. Who's on... Uh, Oh, well, I went to, out to eat before I went to the Joey Reynolds show, and I sat near uh, Jane Krakowski. She's, she's a little, little baby. She's a Yeah, she's kind of a... She used to be I wouldn't do the mother from, uh, from uh, Osage County. Or Rondi Reed? Well, or the mother-mother. Oh, the... the, the, mother. the old, well, uh, yeah. I wouldn't do her sister either. Well, that whole family, I probably wouldn't really go near. Sally Murphy's almost sort of cute, but I never liked her as an actress. Except she's good here in Osage County. I liked her in that. I liked pretty much everybody in that. Um, all right. Although the cutest one was the, the housemaid. She was, she was kind of nice oh, looking. Man. Oh, really? Aha! Very Indian for me. And this is a problem? A little too naive American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, okay, so we're getting towards what types are and aren't Jeff types, woman-wise. This is interesting. This is working. Like right. Asian women. You do like Asian women. Mm-hmm. Are there any Asian... Uh, <laughs> I mean, seeing Avenue well, Q. Go, from Avenue Q, yeah. So she and would be a hottie. And Hadaya... Uh, was it? Harada. And Harada. Harada. You would do... You would be oh, into that. Sucks to be her, so... It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks, 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 Well, maybe... It, well, no, I can't make that joke. But you know what I'm saying. All right. That's interesting. I know you went, um, you know... Fishing? Yeah, or, or <laughs> from column A and column B. That's oh, yeah. a, no, absolutely no reason why not. I just didn't know. Wait a minute. But then again, you've been to Thailand, to Vietnam, to China. That may be a kind of thing for you, now that I think of it. Well, yeah, but I always thought you just went for men there. I don't go for anybody. I go for me. Well, you know what I'm saying. Or you just don't want me to say it. I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, sure you don't. Okay. I don't go on, I don't go on sex trips to Thailand. Really? Yeah. You never... When you were there, you didn't partake in any... I have. I'm not talking about underage. I'm talking... No, I have done it, but not all the time. That's not all I go for. Oh, that's not all you go for, but it, you've gone it's and done... not even what I do 10% of the time when I'm there. 
Okay. 1%. Maybe. 5%. All right, so then when you go, is it with a female or a male? Could be a male. Or can you tell? Because <laughs> they are, you know, that culture, sometimes it's a little difficult. Yeah. All my wife watches, it, it's so... I'm not saying it's irritating, it's a good channel, but my wife watches incessantly the Logo channel now. Because they've got all these good programs. That's the gay cable channel. And the gay cable channel? Yeah, it's called Logo. It's been around for a couple of years. And they show movies with gay and lesbian themes. They have gay reality shows. That why is it Logo? I don't know why they picked Was that. Was it lesbian or gay? I don't know if it is acronymic. Well, they just went for it because they couldn't think of another thing. They need a logo. And they said, hey, let's call it logo. I have no idea why they chose it. But it's an okay channel. But, you know, she's watching it. And it's like there's, there's this thing about a transgender person and, and her life and, and all these people who are getting the operations and then, then having relationships with people through Project the operations. Runway where we can make it work. <laughs> the Project Runway ain't on there. It ought to be, come to think of it. I don't think that Carson Crisley show is on there either. Well, so they've got a gay, um, not puppet, uh, but like a claymation series that's kind of funny. Is it like Davy and Goliath? Well, if Davy if Davy were doing Goliath, well, I think they had that on Saturday Night Live. Well, yeah, but it's not like Smigel. It isn't. Uh, I mean, it's hipper. I mean, I love Smigel. Davy, Davy, I need so to bury cool. my bones. Davy, <laughs> yeah. Gee, Goliath, what would Jesus do? Well, he pulls the nails out of his hands, Davy, and uses his hands for something else. Davy. I can't, I can't go there. Yeah. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> I'll give you something better to roll away than a rock. You keep forgetting what day you're, you're doing this uh, show on, don't you? Gee, Goliath, now I know why they call it Palm Sunday. <laughs> Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Happy spring, happy Easter Sunday, March 23rd, 2008, and happy 265th episode of Dave's Gone By. On this uh, rather nice weekend, I mean, it was a little, little cold for the first weekend of spring, but considering we had such an easy winter, who's going to complain? You're not complaining, are you, guest co-host Jeff Goodman? No. Yeah. Well, why, yeah, it was windy. It was cold. We went to the beach yesterday, and uh, my wife dipped her toes in the water, and she's like, okay, it's it's still sort of wintry out there. But can it was, I it was talk nice. now? You told me I can't talk. Well, I got, got a lot to cover. I got a lot to tell people in, in um, as we begin this episode. So tell them what's going on. It's going to be a musical show. It's going to be a talk show. It's going to be a, a really, really cool show tonight. We a special guest on Dave's Gone By. We do indeed. But let, let, let's get through the basic stuff first. Oh, but I go out of order. Well, do the sponsors. 
That way you can you can get your your two or three cents in. Do our sponsors of Dave's Gone By? Well, first and foremost, we have the Copy Kings of Broadway, Hewlett Minuteman Press. And they are located next to Loman Shoes on Broadway in Hewlett. And what do Dave's Gone By listeners get when they go to Hewlett Minuteman Press? Anything they want. Well, you yeah, but you have to pay for it. But if you're a Dave's Gone By listener. You get 10% off any job, big or small, at Hewlett Minuteman Press. That's just amazing, Dave. And what are some of the other sponsors that we have, including the one that you are? Oh, well, we have Fancy Schmancy Fancy. Fancy Schmancy Balloons. That's Jeff's own business. What he does is balloons and centerpieces for parties. If you have a, a... any kind of a, well, we passed St. Patrick's Day, but we've got Easter now. Well, that, we're also kind of past that. But Passover's coming. We've got, um, pretty soon, not too far away from graduations. And you might have brisses and, and um, let's see, what, what else do people have? Well, whatever party it is, if you want it to look nice, if you want to decorate it with centerpieces and with great balloon arrangements, Jeff is the guy to call it. Fancy Schmancy Balloons. Seven nine seven three two two nine area code five one six five one six seven nine seven three two two nine. This program is also brought to you by MortgagesRock.com. 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 I know the economy has been tanking. I know that real estate and mortgages have been a tough thing for the past couple of months, and that, that's going to be tough for a while. But people still need houses. People still need to move, and they need places to live, and they want to do refi, especially since they keep knocking down the rates for these things for fixed rates and stuff. So, MortgagesRock.com, find out about it. And also, the great thing about MortgagesRock.com is you can learn how to be a broker and make commissions, especially as the economy starts to right itself and people start getting the bargains and doing these loans and financings. MortgagesRock.com. Also, this program is brought to you by Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Bible of Broadway for 65 years. Kind of a sad thing. One of the women who founded Performing Arts Insider, seven, um, what was it? It's, it's back in 1944, 65 years ago, died last week. Joan Marlowe founded the, uh, the journal with Betty Blake in 1944. And it went through a couple of changes of hands and went through a change of title. It was Theater Information Bulletin for a while. For the past eight or nine years, it's been Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. I've been proud to be the editor-in-chief and co-publisher of it and proud that it's a sponsor of Dave's Gone By and that you can get a great discount if you subscribe and you're a Dave's Gone By listener. $120 for 12 issues. Normally, the issues are $14 a piece. And that's, that's in the store. That's not even counting postage. Well, what was that, Jeff? What a deal. What a deal. $120 instead of 165 which is the regular price for Dave's Gone By. This There's a little money. Go to davesgoneby.org and performingartsinsider.com for all that information. This program is also brought to you by Shalom, damn it, Rabbi Sal Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour, a television miracle that you can watch not only on Long Island now, but in New York as well. Starting April 2nd, Shalom Dammit's going to be on twice a week on Long Island Cablevision of Woodbury, Channel 115, Wednesday mornings at 7.30 and Friday mornings at 7.30. And on March 3rd, the rabbi is making a special appearance. March 3rd? Uh, April, uh, May 3rd. May 3rd, yeah. 
Aren't you making? Isn't the rabbi making a special? Yeah, but give the details. Yes, at yes. Temple yes. Judean, Massapequa. Tem- Temple Judean, Massapequa. The rabbi will be taking part in sort of a a carnival benefit night. It is. It is the Silver Shekel Saloon. The Silver Shekel. God help the poor Rebbe. I, I normally don't feel sorry for the rabbi, but in this particular case, I, I have my doubts. But yes, that's and anybody can go. Right? It's Absolutely. May third at the uh, Temple Judea. In Massapequa. Is there a place where people can find out more info? Go to templejudea.com. Temple Judea. Or just call Temple Judea. Spell Judea, though. J-U-D-E-A. Okay, there's no H. Temple Judea, J-U-D-E-A.com, for all this information on their March, uh, excuse me, May 3rd benefit with lots of fun. And the Silver and Shekel the Saloon. Silver Shekel Saloon. And the rabbi doing that whole And it's a lot of free eats and stuff like that, too. Great. Great. So... To find out who the rabbi is, watch him on Cablevision of Woodbury. If you're listening in New York, the rabbi is now on Manhattan Neighborhood Network Cable Television, Sunday afternoons at 1.30. I saw his show again this afternoon. You can stream it on the web as well. Don't miss Shalom Dammit, Channel 67, 1.30. Um, if so if you're, you're not doing anything at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday, yeah. get a light. And if you are doing something and you can't watch it, don't forget, Shalom Dammit is on YouTube anytime. Just look for Shalom Dammit. Can we okay. tape it? Well, off the TV. Oh, you mean off the... Well, I, I don't know. Can you download off YouTube? I don't know how that works. I don't think so. It's not like I do. You can send it to a friend. Yeah, you can email it. You can put it in your favorites so you don't lose it. You know, it can be... Uh, God knows you wouldn't want to lose the, the rabbi. Well, certainly not. Okay. He's, he's with the flock. He's not lost. He's on YouTube, he's on Manhattan Cable, he's on Long Island Cable, and he's the one and only Rabbi he's, Saul he's like a, He's like the Almighty. He's everywhere. Yeah. And so am I. I mean, I want to talk about this because I had a wonderful, I had one of the better weeks of my life recently. It's been, you know, it's been tough with really? finances and my wife working out of town and with all the going on. No, not quite, but it was a very inspiring week for me because I was on the Joey Reynolds show again. And they paid you. They paid me compliments. <laughs> <laughs> they fed me. Excellent. And it was it was so nice. What happened was it was the two o'clock to three o'clock hour. Joey is on overnights. He's on weeknights from midnight until six a.m. or it was or five a.m. some nights and six a.m. some other nights. So I was there for the two o'clock hour with a couple of other guests, which was different from my first time on the Joey Reynolds show, which was more of a free for all. It was called, um, that one was the Midnight Friday, and they call it the Shabbos Hour. And they just throw everything in there, everybody. They've got a, an old comedian who was on the Sergeant Bilko show. And, uh, I mean, just anybody trying to get a word in, it was nuts. And I did my best. And I did well enough that they asked me back to be more of a regular kind of a guest. So I was there late this Thursday, early Friday morning for an hour. There was an artist talking. There was, there was um, one or two other people Joey Reynolds was there, uh, his, his helper, his assistant, his... I would hope so. Comrade in command, Myra was there. They treated me very well. I got a few words in edgewise this time. I think I did okay, and very happy about that. I'm going to be playing... Did you hold your own? I, I not only hold my own, I, hold, I held Joey's too. But, you know, for I'm going to hopefully have time to play highlights next week from the uh, that Joey Reynolds episode. So. Oh, I can't wait. But the nice thing, when it was over, I assumed that he was just going to hang out and stay there until 6 o'clock in the morning and do his show. But it doesn't work like that. He pre-tapes a couple of hours beforehand, and he goes home at 3. And he was actually kind enough to drive me back to Penn Station 
from WOR down on near Trinity Church. So that was that was really that was a very menschlichkeit of him. Granted, it got me to Penn Station with an hour and a half to wait for, for the train at 5 o'clock in the morning. That was kind of fun. I bet you met all sorts of nice people. A lot there. of sleepy... You know, the main what you learn about Penn Station at 4.30 in the morning... Four, well, 4 o'clock in the morning, before the commuters start. You really sometimes can't tell homeless people from tired people or drunk people. If they're slumped down and there's no place to sit, you cannot tell unless you get close enough to smell them. Because they're going to have 5 o'clock shadow, they're going to be exhausted, they're going to be lying in ridiculous positions, and you're like, homeless or late hockey game? <laughs> yeah. Homeless or went out for drinks with the gang, you know? Homeless or missed that last train at 2 a.m. I think you should bring a video camera with you next time. Is then we can play homeless and not homeless. homeless. That's a good game. That is a, that's a pretty good... Uh, or maybe the rabbi should do it for an on-location thing. But you know what the, the weirdest thing about Excuse Penn Station... Excuse me, are you homeless? <laughs> Here, take a dollar. The strangest... This, this is the dumbest thing. There are places that are open where you can get a beverage or a little bit of a meal in Penn Station pretty much 24-7. I mean, the Starbucks Neither. is open until 3. I'm not sure if the Neenix was. And Kmart's closed. But there are other nooks. Kmart's closed. Right, Kmart. But you can get an ice cream cone. You can get stuff. What do they close? The bathroom and the waiting room. If you're at Penn Station between 3 in the morning and 5 in they the morning, the, the one place that you need to be because there is nowhere else to go is, you know, is, is the waiting room, so you have a place to sit and read, or the, or the, upstairs, the bathroom in Penn Station. The one, now, the Amtrak one is open, and the Amtrak waiting room is open. So I assume they allow people who have LARR tickets to go use the Amtrak um, waiting room. But the, the, it's amazing. They close off the waiting room at exactly the point when people need to wait for more than an hour for the next trains. Because there are no trains between 3.15 and about 10 to 5 in the morning. None. Going anywhere. You are stuck. So, uh, just another of the idiocies. I guess the city does sleep after all. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the crews do. <laughs> the crews need, need to have that. And they're not cleaning anything. It's sitting there just empty. And then they clean it about... Five, uh, a quarter to five, and then they open it at five okay, o'clock. You have to bring you have to bring a video camera next time. Right next time station after midnight. If Joey invites me back, I would be be totally happy to. And before we get on to our special guest, let me tell again, as I said in the pre-show, and this is this is I'm very excited to say, I'm having a play done, a, a one-act play of mine from a while ago is being remounted. It's being staged at the Richmond Shepherd Theater, 309 East 26th Street, between 1st and 2nd Avenue, 309 East 26th Street. There are three more performances, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 8 p.m., and I, I wasn't pushing it this much, much last week because I hadn't seen it. I hadn't met the director. I didn't know anything about this production. I went there last night. I saw it. It's good. The, I'm biased, but the play works. The audience liked it. it was, I... I I was into it. I'm totally recommending my play. And believe me, if it were crappy, I would not be doing this. So, tickets are only $15 for the evening. There are five one-acts for your money. Mine is the last on the bill. The, the, the whole evening is called Cream of the Crop Festival. And again, it's at the Richmond Shepherd Theater. For information, go to davesgongby.org. davesgongby.org. And again, it runs... Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week at 8 p.m. And it's a smallish theater. Does it run next week? They were close to full um, when I went 
last night, but it was a Saturday night. So it's oh. only three more performances left. Oh. But if it's good, you Is know, there's a good date play. Well, my play is called Blind Date. So it it has its date moments, and it also has moments where you figure, oh, I'm never going to meet anybody ever again of any sex. So you have to see it. Plus, you know, that play is published in my book, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, that you can buy at my website, davesgoneby.org. I will say that this version is slightly revised, because when I heard they were going to do it, I wanted to go back to the play Tinker. You wanted it to be good. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted it to be better. I knew it was good, but I wanted it to be great all the way through. And I think it's, it kind of is close now. I think it, they, do a, they certainly do a great job. So if there's anything wrong with the play now, it's me and not the production. Go see it. Cream of the Crop Festival at the Richmond Shepherd Theater, 1st and 2nd Avenue, this coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, I've said my piece. Now we're going to be talking to and listening to someone completely different, a fellow named Tony powers, the guy who gave us, well, a lot of brill-building hits, but also a wonderful, jazzy, kooky song that we'll be hearing later called Don't Nobody Move, This Is a Heist. He did it early in the 1980s, became part of that whole MTV thing when it was first starting. Is he part of the gangster jazz movement? No, I haven't heard of it. I'm sure he would like to be. And, and he's more of a cool, bebop, brecht vile. Tom Waitsian influenced Jeff. I know Jeff. I said that just to annoy Jeff because I know Jeff despises Tom Waits. But Tony Powers is very cool and we're going to be hearing from him and about him through him right after these messages. Shalom, damn it! This is Rabbi Saul Solomon of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And I personally invite you to watch my new TV show, Shalom Dammit, Rabbi Sal Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour, every Wednesday morning at 7.30 on Cablevision Channel 20. If you've never seen a Jew before, this is your chance. Shalom Dammit, 7.30 a.m. Wednesdays, Channel 20, or anytime on YouTube. You have my blessing. Beneath the dome. The weather's nest. There are no rainy days in paradise. The water's clean and the air is clear. Oh, wait, wait. 
away. Just look at all that time we save. We text, we webcam, and we mobile phone. Nobody's ever left alone. Now, granted, I 
figure out what happened a couple of weeks ago by Googling and wikipedia and all that stuff. But it's more fun to get it from the actor-singer's mouth. And so here in the neighborhood, please welcome everybody, Tony Powers. How are you doing, Tony? <laughs> nice intro. <laughs> I'm good, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. So, so tell me, so between 1980 and now, where have you been? Well, where have I been? Where have I been? I've been writing what I felt like writing, for one thing. I mm-hmm. didn't want to. I just didn't feel like writing any more commercial stuff. Stuff, <laughs> stuff that everybody wants to hear. I, uh, I've been an actor. And uh, I had a pretty big role in Cadillac Man. I don't know if you saw that. Robin Williams film. Well, I've seen the film, but I wouldn't have really thought to look for you, and I guess I should have read the credits. Oh, I had a huge role. I was uh, Captain Mason, and uh, that was pretty good. And I've done TV, you know, uh, NYPD Blue a couple of times. Well, you have that kind of face. I mean, it, it, you know, not an unhandsome face, but it's certainly it's a Scorsese face, if people yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I was in Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I was Jimmy two times. In Goodfellas. Now, uh, did you resent being cast that way, or did you say, hey, this is Hollywood, that's how they're going to cast me? Oh, not at all. I mean, you know, you're an actor, you want to work. Right. And uh, any, in fact, uh, the, the bad guys are more fun to play. <laughs> so what was your favorite part that you have played? Was it in Cadillac Man, or was it I Jimmy? In Cadillac Man, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a, a, a fun shoot, and it was a big role, and uh, I had a great time doing it, and fun to work with Robin Williams, who kept everybody entertained. Is, now, is it true what I've heard about Robin Williams and the fact that when the camera stopped rolling, he's still Robin, he can't shut it off? Oh, he's, uh, he's, an, he's, he's spectacularly funny when, at all times. Yeah, even when he, he's he on... Yeah. He has a great mind. His mind is so brilliant, and he doesn't have a sensor. He just, <laughs> just lets it out. And there's no moment when you just say, Robin, it's okay. You know, it's just me. We're just actors. We're, at, we're having lunch. You don't have to be. He can't not be funny. That's why oh, I'm no. Well, there, look, I, I've also hung out with Robin in the, in the 80s. We used to hang out at a place, place called the Cafe Central. And he, he has a serious side, and he has his moments. But, I mean, let's face it. He, 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 he is, uh, his mind perceives how, how comical the human condition is. You know what I mean? Oh well. So at, at all times, something is funny <laughs> going on. If you're if you're if you are a, an observer of the human condition, it's kind of funny and in a way. What the, the the condition we're in? Now, since you're, you're, I mean, I kind of forced you to name drop there a little bit, but I'm also wondering. Here you were in the early part of your career, your musical career, when you started getting that video together, and you. I assuming nobody had really heard of you very much, and yet you're putting this together, and anybody who's seen the video that you did way back when will notice that Treat Williams is in it, Marcia Strassman is in it, mm-hmm. Peter Riegert has one of the funniest things I have ever seen in my life, the timing of the Frankfurter. Yeah. I mean, I have seen that now, now that it's been on YouTube, and, and I've watched it about a dozen times. Yeah. Every single time when Riegert, you know... Uh, I don't know. I think he doesn't drop the Frankfurter. It just sort of no. <laughs> flies out of his hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> never have I seen timing like. I mean, I've seen Peter Rieger on Broadway, and he was nothing, never as funny as he was in that video. Uh, yeah. No, he he cracked me up too the first time we did the first take. Uh, yeah. I, I cracked up, and we had to do it again. <laughs> and whose idea was? For all the people who don't know what we're talking yeah. about, they should go online and and just take a look at. Uh, don't nobody move. This is a heist. It's called. It's uh. They can. They can Google it and they'll see uh, the various uh, 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 interpretations of it on, on, on that other people have put on also. But they should play the one with the A in front of it. Yeah. That's mine. And that is the original and that's the one. But how did you know all these, either they were stars by then or were going to be pretty soon? Well, I mentioned the Cafe Central before where I met Robin. Uh, yeah. All these actors, we hung out in this, this bar, this restaurant, and that's where we all met. Huh. And so they, I, I asked them, would would they do this? And they knew uh, some of my music, and they were, they just. Tree Williams got in his private plane where he was doing a play in in Ohio. Got into his plane, huh. flew in, flew in, and stepped in my bathtub to do that scene, <laughs> and then stepped out and flew back to do the play. The, and John Goodman, John Goodman was in two of my little films, two of the films on that album. Oh, that's right. You know, if you yeah. if you look at Heist, you're not even going to recognize. You, if you have to look for him and yeah. realize he's the guy sitting at the table in a floral shirt. He's a lean and mean John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. And he was also in uh, Midnight Trampoline, which is now up on YouTube as well. Oh, finally. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And Odyssey is too. And then some. Uh, uh, one of my fans did a, uh, a, a, a mashup of all the videos to, the, to a song that I recorded called Fire and Ice. That's there too, so it's really great. Uh, it's it's so nice that to know that people uh, know your stuff. I kind of gave a bit of a misnomer. We're talking to Tony Powers, by the way, of um, of music and movie renown, and I made it sound like that was your first thing, like like that video and Don't Nobody Move and Midnight uh, Trampoline were your first songs and nobody heard of you. When actually you were a brill building songwriter. Oh yeah. In the days of. Maybe a little bit after the days of Carol King and Neil Sedaka. No, during, 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 during. A, a little before and during. Oh yeah, I worked at uh, with Don Kirshner when she was up at uh, at at Screen Gems, Columbia Music, uh, Alden Music. Yeah. So what was it like? Right down the hall. Punching a clock, like going to work every day, yeah. and knowing that your job, instead of making widgets or preparing legal br- briefs, was okay. There's a piano. There's maybe a co-writer and a tape recorder. Boom. What was that like? Right. Let's write a hit song. Well, you know, I started when I was really young. I was about 20 years old, and, uh, and uh, I met a lady named Beverly Ross on Broadway. And uh, we went to her apartment on West 45th Street, and, and about a half hour later, we wrote a hit song huh. called uh, Remember Then, which a group called the Earls did. And I remember walking down Central, walking through Central Park and hearing my song on the radio. And that was the first time I'd ever heard a song of mine played on the radio. I'm a kid. I'm 20 years old. I went, holy cannoli, that's my song. And what was it like? Okay, you'd go to the office, like you say. Yeah. And at that time, I, I, I got a contract with, after that with Lieber and Stoller. I don't know if you know they are. Yeah. Sure. Lieber and Mike Stoller, they recorded the Coasters, the Drifters, and they did some of the greatest Stand By Me, some of the greatest things ever. Right. And there was a Broadway show dedicated to their music as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking Thank you, on... Cafe. Thank you, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so you'd go to the office and you'd sit down and you'd look at this pad and, and, and 
somebody would start playing the little thing on the piano, and you'd go uh, something, and back and forth, and, and that's what it was like. And, and you know, you'd, you'd write five. For every ten you'd write, maybe one of them was decent enough to go and make a demo. And how many songs were you expected to put out, like, in a week, to finish of at any least, quality? At least. At least one or two. Oh. At least. At least. But sometimes you'd write three and four, you know, and uh, or five. And, again, maybe one of them was good enough to go in the office and play for Don Kirshner or Mike and Jerry uh, or uh, Aaron Schroeder. And they'd say, well, that's good. I'm going to shell out my money and let you make the demo. Oh, I see. Right. You know, because we didn't have any money. We were kids. We were working for a company that would give us X amount of dollars each week up front. And then so you had to go in that office with a song that you liked and play it for them. And, you know, they had to look at you and say, well, I like that. Okay, go and make the demo. So if you were there for a few weeks and you just kept playing out duds, they'd fire you because it wouldn't be... Oh, probably. Right. Well, your contract would be up in a year and they'd let you go. Huh. But if you came up with a, a real hit every now and again, they were happy to have you, and they would hear what you were plugging. They sure did. You know, and I didn't even know, Dave, I didn't even know uh, until the advent of the of the Internet. I sort of stopped keeping track of of my songwriting career, my commercial career at the Brill Building, uh, when I left it, which was in the early 70s. I stopped keeping track. I went and looked at my discography, and, and uh, I couldn't believe all the songs that I wrote that were recorded by other people boggled my mind to see it. I didn't even know Ricky Nelson did things of mine. I have no idea that that uh, certain people recorded my songs. Louis Armstrong recorded one of my songs. What song did Louis Armstrong do? 98.6 or no? I like this kind of party. Oh. Uh, Jack Keller and I wrote it when, when I was working for Don Kirshner. Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And do you, well, are you reminded by royalty checks, or is all oh, yeah. that time gone? Oh, no, you, you still get, I'm assuming. Oh, gosh, yeah, I still oh, get, yeah. because I wrote a lot of hits, quite oh. frankly. Well, know, no, that's my, great. In my little career, in my little seven years in the Brill Building, basically, I wrote, uh, I wrote with Phil Spector, I wrote with... Uh, okay, stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. Was he... Well, we all know he's nuts. He was nuts back then. But how nuts was he when he I knew him? I eccentric. Okay. Eccentric. He was eccentric when I knew him too. He would uh, have a meeting in the back of his limousine. Well, you know, that would be a quick meeting. Uh, he had, you know, he was kind of eccentric, but very talented. But you and never got a wind of him being dangerous or being. Well, we everybody knew that he would. No. no Wait, carry a gun. Everybody knew that. We were kids then. He was like twenty-five, mm. twenty-seven. We were, we were, we were kids. Okay. No. That stuff never happened. At that point, and when I knew him, did you ever did he ever put his sound to one of your songs? Oh God, yeah. He, oh, do I ever put his sound to any of my songs? No, no. In other words, did he ever take some of your songs and do the Phil Spector? Oh God, yeah. We wrote two hits. Today I met the boy I'm going to marry, uh, with uh, that I wrote with Ellie Greenwich and Phil, and wow. that was a big hit for Darling Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why do lovers break each other's hearts? Was top forty for. Uh, uh, Bobby Stockton, the Blue Jeans. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had another thing called My Heart Beat a Little Faster, uh, which wasn't a, a hit, but recorded. Yeah, yeah. And did you know Tina Turner in, in those years as well? I didn't know Tina Turner, no. Okay. I, I didn't know I can, I can Tina Okay. Now, you have um, 
on, on the personal side, since you've um, been able through royalties of your hits and through the folks that you know and from the acting, I guess you've carved out a career where you have, have you had to have a day job or have you been able to do the Tony Powers thing for the past few decades? No problem. No problem. I, 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 you know something, one of the things about uh, living a happy life is trying never to do what you don't want to do. Oof. I don't have a day job. I've never had a day job. Well, not after the age of 20. Or, or not after the punch the clock years of the day job of writing songs, but even that's that was it. right. That's yeah. the last day job I had. Uh, no, I've been able to, through acting and music, uh, just, uh, you know, I own a home and I'm a happy guy. And you have a wife and kids? I have had a wife, but no longer. Ah, uh, how did you kill her? No. <laughs> yes, really. No, I, I'm, unfortunately, I did, it just didn't work out. And, uh, and I'm always too selfish to have children, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I, uh, I don't think I could have given them the time that I had to give to myself. Uh, I had huh. to nurture myself. Uh, that's selfish, but... Uh, well, it's also honest. It's more honest than, than people... Mostly are when they say, oh, well, we have to have children, and, you know, of course we're going to have children, and then it's going to be a little me. Yeah, right. Uh, I think there's a little too much of that. Well, I'm, I'm happy for all the people that are happy with their children. I have lots of lots of nephews and nieces, quote-unquote, and I'm very good with children as long as I they're not mine, I guess. <laughs> you heard me on the radio. Now come see my play. Blind Date, a crazy comedy, part of the Cream of the Crop one-act festival, five plays by different writers, including me, Dave Lefkowitz, March 21st to March 29th at the Richmond Shepherd Theater, 309 East 26th Street. Blind Date is simple, a man, a woman, and a waiter from hell. Come see them, March 21st to 29th, 8 p.m. Call 212-684-2690, 684-2690 for the Cream of the Crop it's a date. We're talking with Tony Powers here in the neighborhood. And um, now Tony has been called, and this is on one of the websites that has a bio of his work, that, yes, when he was doing stuff in the Brill Building, it was that old kind of pop music stuff, the stuff that, that pre-Beatles-y rock and roll. Now, the, the things that he's been turning out have been compared to this odd cross between Jacques Brel and Nick Cave and jazz and Tom Waits and this whole melange of stuff that, that one person called you a retro futurist. How would you describe your music? <laughs> That's great. Uh, I can't describe my music. That's the problem. <laughs> because it's whatever I feel like writing. And, and, and you know, my, 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 my ears go way back to, you know, through classical, blues, uh, jazz, uh, uh, jazz from the 30s, cla uh, Gershwin. So, yeah, it's whatever I feel like. I mean, uh, I, I can't explain my stuff. You have to listen to my stuff. And I'm nothing, uh, I, I, you know, I'm okay. I, I'm pretty good. I like my stuff. It's different. And that's all I can say about it. It's different. Well, here's the thing. You spent seven years, as you said, being a punch-the-clock songwriter at the Brill Building, turning out hits, working with Don Kirshner, working with Ellie Greenwich, and writing with, with other folks. And then after Lieber seven years, yeah. with Lieber and Stoller, what happened after that seventh year? There's a pretty cool story on, on the Internet about how you showed that you kind of wanted to do something else. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote a song called, 
I was working for Don Kirshner. I wrote a song called The Day I Lost My Watch. Yeah. It's not exactly a commercial music title. I went in and played it for him. The day I went in and played it for him, I, I, I was wearing, I remember, I was wearing a black silk suit, a silver silk tie, a white, white on white shirt, and I was barefoot. <laughs> this is how I went into his office and played him this, the day I lost my watch, which was a completely off the wall song, you know. Now, and he looked yeah. at me and thought I was crazy, and he's, you know, and that's the day I guess I quit. Now you had never dressed like that. Before. I always dressed like that, but never barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I, I seem to recall. I, I will try and phrase this as delicately as we can. But the day you lost your watch, you decided to use something else to tell time. Is that yes? It rhymes with watch. Yes, yes. yes it has, and it starts with a CR. <laughs> it also rhymes with clock yes, in a way. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would figure that would be. The, so, did you just burn out? Obviously. <laughs> did, did <laughs> There's I burn a dog out? question. Are you Are you asking if I burnt out? Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. I didn't burn out at all. Oh. What happens is I got very political. I, I realized what well, you know. At that time, it was the Vietnam. It was the Korean uh, Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was at that time. I lose track of all our wars. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I, I we guess got so many. It, yes. And at that time, it was the Vietnamese War that was getting us into little trouble. Anyway, I, I got very political, and I, you just can't write that kind of stuff uh, at that time it's in commercial music. I'm glad to say things have loosened up a bit. But, uh, you know, I started writing that kind of thing, and it wasn't that I burnt out. It was that I burnt on. Now, I, what I year are we talking about? Yeah, well, this would have been 60, what? 69, 70. Oh, that late. Well, well, actually, there was a lot of political music. 71, yeah. It was rock. I mean, it wasn't the bill-building rock, but you, you can certainly say that Bob Dylan and Phil Oaks and X amount of people were doing politically-oriented material. The Absolutely. birds, even. Absolutely, yeah. So what? So when you tried to move into as a solo artist, you did release an album or two. I'm assuming. Yeah. This was before uh, the 1970s kind of, or the 80s rebirth, as it were. Yeah, uh, but uh, nothing really ever happened to them. Uh, I, I, I just did a couple. Well, I, I made something called Homemade, which was a real um, sort of, I was very angry at the music business because, um, you know, you had to have a song with three minutes and it had to have a hook in the first chorus and. Uh, it all, had all these rules, and I got very uh, angry at it, and uh, I recorded a song called Homemade, uh, an album called Homemade, and I specifically wrote handwritten uh, liner notes. This album was recorded at home in my walk-up on a Sony TC <laughs> using two used MPO tapes. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it was everything that pop music wasn't, it, it, using no reverb, no... Uh, no overdubbing, one track, no engineer, no rehearsal, no musicians, no <laughs> studio, no producers, no gushing executives, no photographers, no nothing. That's what the album liner notes said, and it went on and on. I was really, you know, a little ticked off uh, at the fact that you had to write everything, had to be three minutes. So I, I, every song, I, I timed every song at 2.22 on the, you know, <laughs> as my joke. But anyway, people just, what what, what people ought to do is, Rather than me saying all this, just go on to my website, uh, www.tonypowersmusic.com. You know, they can read all about this stuff. And uh, Well, it's a little more interesting to hear the person say it. But yes, you can go to tonypowersmusic.com, both to read some of this biographical stuff and also... You can read some of the new lyrics. 
uh-huh. of the, the new CD. I didn't burn out. No, I burned on. I, I burned so hot <laughs> that I kept burning, and I'm still burning. No, I, uh, you know, and yeah, uh, I also did in the 80s, I did the video album, the video EP, and which was part of a, of, of a recorded uh, LP. But the thing is, we, so silly, we, we, named, we named the music company on the album Translux, and Translux uh, Corporation didn't like that, so we had to pull the album. Oh, you're ki- oh. No, no. <laughs> uh, also, let me tell you a little thing about the video album. The video album that was picked up by Sony, and they put it in the stores, and it turns out I had a guy who worked on the, uh, the, the films as an assistant producer, and I had to fire him because he was really a troublemaker. He would change shots on me uh, without telling me, and everything would, would be held up. Uh, and so I fired him. Yeah. And he happened to be in one shot, and he sued. He sued because we didn't have a release on him because one of his jobs was the releases, and he ran out of releases the night that we filmed him. So he never gave me a release. So he sued. He sued us. Oh, my God. Did he win? Because I fired him. Well, Sony got so scared that they pulled the album no matter what. Oh, for the they love of They just pulled the album out of the stores. You know, I was... It's a good thing Nightflight played it. Because that's how people got to know it. Yeah, I, one thing I'm kind of wondering, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I've, I've been listening to your new album called Who Could Imagine? And I'm enjoying both the political stuff and also some of the weird artsy cabaret stuff and, and the fun, bouncy stuff. And yeah. you do uh, do a new version of uh, Don't Nobody Move, This Is a Heist, which I don't blame you for. I mean, that's, that's kind of the song that you're, well, it's you're known for. a new vocal, actually. The track is the same. I'm, I'm wondering about that because it sounds there, there are certain differences, but it's kind of close. I'm wondering why you didn't just use the original. It is the original. I just did the uh, redid the vocal. Yeah, but why? Why? Oh, because the, I don't know. I wanted to. Re- I did wanted to redo the vocal. Cool. Uh, you're welcome to to play any you know one of them. Uh, I, I just wanted to redo the vocal. You know. No, because there's also I mean uh, not to critic because the album's really cool, but there's something about that particular track on the new album where the fidelity is a little lower and yeah. a little muddier than the rest That's of it. That's because it's the original track. We took it off the 24 track which had to be baked. It was so old. Oh, wow. We had to bake it. No, in order to remix it, we had to get it off the 24, the original 24 track, as opposed to re-recording it. Now, I recorded this whole thing on a shoestring, so well, yeah. we didn't want it. So we used the original 24 track, and uh, that's why. That is the one side on it so that sounds a little muddy. So, you know, what we called, we figured, we said, well, we'll just think of it as a garage band thing. Yeah. As a grunge take. And then I love it as that. You know, I love I love it is what it is. It's raw, you know, grungy sounding, and that's what it is. Somewhere I heard this woman scream, you're hurting me. On a wall, it was this post on Holy Name Society. I 
back with my own wife. Ron Alder was so thick you could cut it with a knife. While his landlord made a payoff so that he controlled his slum, his honor told some pot of rickin' in my cart, you don't chew gum.
uh, it was really, really fun to be on Dave Lefkowitz's show, Dave Gone By. You're listening to Dave's Gone By on New York's WGBB AM 1240. Enjoy. Finishing up this, this uh, delightful time with Tony Powers, the singer, the songwriter, the actor, um, do you feel now that there's been a sea change in the music industry? Have the chickens come home to roost? Is it kind of like now that the major labels are floundering and they don't know what to do and they're losing all sorts of money and they're firing everybody? Are you happy about that because now it's back in the hands of the artists, sort of? Or is it just as scary because now everything's so fragmented that if an artist sells 10,000 copies of a CD, that's a major hit? Oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> I don't think about that. Here's what I think about. I think about that music is becoming so... Uh, uh, exclu- uh, uh, inclusionary now. Mm. That's what it is. I mean, I listen to these kids. They're doing stuff that I wanted to do in, in the sixties, and that I've been doing. That they're all they've all caught up to me. They're past me. Uh, I think it's wonderful the the amount of good stuff that I hear, and um, and I, I on, uh, that's all I I think about. I, I whether or not the the record companies uh, are uh, whether it's karma or Whatever, what's happening to them doesn't concern me. I, I hope everybody does well. And oh. I'm just glad that all the kids are writing such great stuff. I hear things that blow me away. Well, well who are you listening to these days? What bands, what people? Well, when I listen to these kids, I listen, listen to a, I'll listen to a kid like Soup John, Soup John Stevens. You know, oh, yeah, Soup, yeah, yeah. He does these, these albums arcade, about places. Yeah, yeah Arcade Fire, I, I, you know, uh, he just... I, I really don't listen too much, but when I do listen, uh, I listen to classical music. Well, when I do yeah. listen to these kids, I, I'm just amazed at, at the stuff I hear. I think it's great. It's brilliant, a lot of it. You know, and and a lot of it comes out of, you know, these guys, I'm sure they listen to Frank Zappa at some time because of, there are a lot of things that that sound to me sometimes like it was Frank, Frank, incarnated Frank Zappa. Were you a big Zappa listener, and did he influence you a bit? He's a giant. Well, yeah. He's, he's a giant. I, I don't even approach his talent. He's a musical giant. I mean, I, I, my, my head is like his, but he's got the chops. Hmm. He really does. He has the chops. Well, he's great. You've you got a few chops yourself. I mean, I, okay. I like a lot of the music on your, your new CD. Of course, everybody, um, if you haven't by now gone and surfed over to YouTube to see some of the old stuff... Uh, you should do that too. Just look for Tony Powers. When are you, are you going to do some videos to go with your new CD? Uh, I'm thinking about doing one for cartoon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, uh Which uh, yeah, I'm thinking about that. And uh, in black and white, I think I'd like to do it. Yeah. And now it's it's kind of less expensive to do those things too because you know the, you get a camcorder and you got a video. Pretty much. You, to, you just have to sit down beforehand and really, really plan out exactly what you're going to do. That's how we made uh, the, the films that I made, which I made them on a, a shoestring, and yet they they look like uh, theatrical pieces because we planned them out so good beforehand. That's what we did with this CD, too. We planned it out really well beforehand. And well, we'll go out with another song from the Who Could Imagine CD, the new CD by Tony Powers. First of all, just also want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to be in the neighborhood with us here and uh, wishing you the best of luck with the CD, with all the other acting that you're doing, and with the music that you're working on from now until the next time you're here. Let me, let me just plug it one more time. Go it's for called it. Who Could Imagine? You can get it on, you can 
Check it out on CD Baby online. You can go to my website, www.tonypowersmusic.com. I hope you enjoy a little bit of what are you going to play? Well, probably cartoon. Okay. Stop off at the Chinese takeout after work. Spare ribs and a six-pack in my undershirt. Wake up with the TV on and a powerful face. Take a shower, go to work. Take a step, drink, spice, dance. Do Rush hour in the subway is a big anchovy can. Check out what's in and out, in and out. People mag 15 bucks for a hot new flick that's really bad. Eat the worst piece of pizza pie I ever had. Baba do you do? Baba do you do? Bidu bidu ya the people in commercials have so much fun. A bunch of happy baboons, is this a lie? we just in rehearsal? Excuse me, is this the feature or is this the cartoon? Between these two fat schlubs whose clothes are so bitter, bitter, yippee, do my body the day, but we'll get to get the food we do way if it's alive. All the people in commercials have so much fun, a bunch of happy baboons is this alive. Are we just in rehearsal? Excuse me, is this the feature or is this the cartoon? Hey, all you swinging hep cats, hep kittens, and hepa filters. Have I got a cool book for you. It's called Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World. It's published by Holvo Books, and it's got a bunch of comedies in there by Dave Lefkowitz, the host of Dave's Gone By. I think you'll find them funny, so cats and kittens, give it a look. Davesgoneby.org is the cool place to go for marriage, babies, and the end of the world. Let's start at the 
Whether you're at the very beginning, the middle, or the end of the Broadway season, everything you need to know about Broadway, off-Broadway, cabaret, opera, and dance is in the pages of Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. Available 21 times a year or just in the monthly edition. Either way, Dave's Gone By listeners get 10% off. So subscribe now to Performing Arts Insider and find out all the information at PerformingArtsInsider.com. I'll make it easier for you. Eat, eat, use, use, buy, buy. Look at me. I'm the American consumer, and I want to spend my money on stores, restaurants, showrooms, travel agencies, mail order catalogs. Sell me stuff. How do you reach me? Well, I listen to Dave's Gone By. So if you advertise there, you'll certainly have my attention. Dave'sGoneBy.org has all the details, or email Dave'sGoneBy at AOL.com for the rate card. I'm listening. Sell me what you got. Hi, it's Tony Powers, and I just had a lovely chat with my friend, my virtual friend, Dave Lefkowitz, and you're listening to Dave's Gone By on New York's WGBBAM 1240, and enjoy yourself. And I certainly hope you have enjoyed yourselves on this March 23rd Easter Easter Sunday episode of Dave's Gone By. With me, Dave Lefkowitz, and my good friend, Jeff Goodman, serving as my guest co-host. And also, of course, special thanks to Tony Powers for taking part in the show as well. We don't have time. Tony Scott Powers. Yeah, he was just a Scooby-Doo show. A little more talented than the great Shuby Taylor, although Shuby had a certain special specialness of his own. We don't really have time, unfortunately, for Inside Broadway, but I do want to give... Um, Give a little um, shout to the East Village Opera Company. East Village Opera Company. <laughs> you ever heard of them? No, shout out. What they do is they do a serious, like, ABBA-esque rock pop with a big old band, and it's all based on operatic themes from Verdi and Puccini and Rossini and things like that. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's not necessarily my thing, and two and a half hours of it is a bit more than I need to hear, but... At times, you get Ricky. Don't move the number. Well, it, it, it's shorter, at least, than most operas. But uh, it, it's, it has. Some, I kind of liked. I, I was glad to see them at Town Hall this past. Um, I think they were Thursday or Friday night, and so I kind of recommend them. They've got a couple of CDs out, and it was the, the really cool part was I went to see them, and at intermission there was someone there who looked like the one and only Issa who, of course, was a guest on our program, the form, formerly known as Jane Sibbery. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was her. And what do you know, before they did the last song, they dedicated it to her, and then they interpolated a couple of so- um, phrases from her album, When I Was a Boy, into their last number. And then I got to meet Issa later on and shake her hand and, and, and you know, press the flesh. So I, I invited her, of course, to come back to Dave's Gone By when she's in town. So anyway, that was, it was just that kind of a cool, cool week. And As my, Dave always has a cool. No, cool. some of my weeks are, are kind of boring and miserable and sort of desperate. But <laughs> how was your one. week this week? I'm sorry. How was your week this week? I well, as I've been telling you, right? I, I I'm very good. I was on Joey Reynolds, and I thank Joey Reynolds and Myra for that, and had a good time. And I'm going to be playing highlights from my appearance on the WOR Joey Reynolds show last week on next week ep- week's episode of Dave's Gone By. But before I get to that, let me tell you about, um, first of all, our sponsors. Got to mention them one more time. Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. 
They're right next to Loman's shoes. 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners at Hewlett Minuteman Press. Also brought to you by Fancy Schmancy Balloons. Hey, come on, call us, please. Give Jeff a call, 797-3229, area I'm code 516, 797-3229 for all your party decorating needs, fancy schmancy balloons. Mortgagesrock.com for all your mortgage needs. Yes, Jeff, they are the, what are they? We still haven't figured out what to call them. They are. They just are. They just rock. Mortgagesrock.com and Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the, the Bible, Bible of, Broadway. of Broadway. PerformingArtsInsider.com for more information about them. Everybody remember, Shalom Dammit starting April 2nd is going to be on Wednesdays and Friday mornings at 7.30 on Channel 115 on Cablevision of Woodbury, Long Island. That's the main Cablevision around here. Wednesdays and Fridays Cablevision at 7.30. No yeah, and if you're in New York... Don't forget, you can watch Shalom Dammit now Sunday afternoons at 1.30 on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, Channel 67. And everybody can watch Shalom Dammit anytime on YouTube.com. Speaking of uh, other things that you can watch or listen to, don't forget that you can listen to 25 vintage episodes of Dave's Gone By anytime, courtesy of TheaterOnline.com. There's a link at davesgoneby.org where you can see that. Or... Now, the WGBV website has started podcasting, which is wonderful, so we're going to start putting up old, new episodes, recent episodes of Dave's Gone By, on WGBV's website, am1240wgbb.com. And by the way, you are listening to WGBV Freeport. How about new old... new old? Uh... Yeah, new old episodes. There you go. And so, so let's see, what else do I have to tell people before we get on out of here for uh, the evening and, and make way for the gospel folks. Because hmm. they are here and jumping at a bit. Yeah, let's see. Um, I'll save some of these other things for next week. That's okay. Oh, well, I certainly, I will tell everybody one more time, please come see my play. I have a one-act please, play please, please. at the Richmond Shepherd Theater. It's so good. And it, well, you haven't seen it yet. I hope you're going to try and make tracks, Jeff. It's only $15 for the evening, and if you go, if you email me at davisgoneby at aol.com, and there may be this week a code where you can say a code word and get a couple of dollars off the, the ticket price. What would the code word be, Dave? Dave's gone by. So and just tell the no box code, office. Still only $15? Yeah, $15 for five short plays. It's a two-hour show, some good acting, some excellent directing, and my play, Blind Date, part of Cream of the Crop at the Richmond Shepherd Theater. And you say, I know the... At the Richmond Shepherd Theater... At 309 East 26th Street, between 1st and 2nd Avenue. And yeah, you know the author from hearing him on, on the air, here on WGBB. You spend Sundays with him all the time. If you want to get in touch with me, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com is the place. If you want to find out more about my show and all this stuff, davesgoneby.org is the website. Listen for Filler Up, the music show that I do on uh, Saturdays, I believe it is, on WGBB. Look on the WGBB the website. The music show you do. Was, which was that? The non on gay no, yes, a very straight filler up that I do. Um, let's take a thank. Well, thank you to my beloved and adorable and lovely wife, Joyce, with whom on Saturday, March 29th, I will have been married ten years. It's our ten-year anniversary. We I have a baby it. yet? No, no baby. Well, you're I'm the closest thing. We, so Jeff is the closest thing we have to a baby <laughs> in our lives. Okay. Keep saying I'll, I'll keep you under. Can you turn, turn my yeah, well, I lowered it, so you can sort of be our background music while I'm... want to thank also uh, my mom and dad, and want to thank... 
well, Jeff, for, for the music that he's making now. Tony Powers, once again, terrific guest, terrific music. Get his CD. Check him out on CD Baby. And we'll be going into space with uh, the last song on our show as we come out of here on Dave's Gone By. So remember, next week, me on uh, Joey Reynolds, some highlights from that. And in upcoming weeks, um, we'll be playing highlights of the WGBB New Year's special that Jeff and I did a few months back that you might have missed because it wasn't on a Sunday. We will be back next Sunday, however, March 30th, 2008, with the 266th episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then... Don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. And Jeff Goodman. Wishing you good night. Happy Easter. Blast off. And gone by. This building breaks like a national holiday. We're gazing up all with the eyes, fucked up to the hills with pride. Hundred and miles high, we're all sitting across the sky. Now I don't mean to bring us down, but it's still a bit to get across town. Hey, we're going into space. I watch it on the tube, unless the junk is rough my place. It's a great day for the human race. I catch it on TV, back and find the parking space. What a wondrous sight to see, a triumph of technology. And point of fact, a perfect gift for people who have everything. What a party, what a thrill, not to mention what a bill. For what 300 billion bucks, so I dip my strength, it sucks. Hey, we're going into space. Much more fun to read about than crime or toxic waste. The great day for the human race. What a swell idea to send our money into space. Lighting up dampers with dollar bills can be appealing. Lighting up banners with hundreds is another feeling. But for a taste of a peach, or a day of a peach, I'm into my pocket, but not by no racket.